0: Hey guys, Sophia here. I'm so excited to finally be able to share this news with you. We've launched a new podcast at Girlboss called Mentor Memos. Here, our COO Neha Gandhi
1: talks to mentors like Cecile Richards, the former CEO of Planned Parenthood, and Christine Barbarick, a co-founder of Refinery29, and their mentees about their relationships,
0: how they found each other, and what they want you to know about finding a mentor of your own. Have a listen right here. Hi, I'm Neha Gandhi, CEO of Girl Girlboss, and this is Mentor Memos. We've got a lot of inspiring conversations lined up for you in the coming episodes. You'll hear from incredible women and the women who they mentor. I'm so excited for you to join us for these conversations because it's all part of our larger purpose here at Girlboss, which is to help women redefine and reach success on their own terms. And that's why we couldn't be more excited to have partnered with Tressa May. Because, like us, Tressa May is committed to highlighting how powerful it is when women see each other in leadership roles. Our two guests for this episode are Cecile Richards and Kersha Dybel. You may already know Cecile Richards as the former president of Planned Parenthood, a role she held until last year. But earlier this year, Cecile partnered with Alicia Garza the co-founder of Black Lives Matter, and Ai-jen Poo, a domestic worker rights activist, to help launch a new organization called Supermajority, which is dedicated to mobilizing women across the country in the name of gender equality. During Cecile's time at Planned Parenthood, she served as a mentor to Kersha Dybul, who now serves as the president and CEO of the Planned Parenthood Southwest Ohio region. We'll be exploring their unique story in this episode of Mentor Memos. Stay tuned to hear all about how Cecile and Kirsha met, and how they supported one another as they each navigate roles at organizations that are constantly in the spotlight. Plus, you'll hear about how they continually inspire each other to keep fighting the good fight, and so much more. Here's our conversation. Cecile Richards and Kirsha Dybel, welcome to Mentor Memos.
1: Happy to be here.
0: We're thrilled. Um, What an amazing pair of women who are really doing so much and have dedicated their careers to advancing the causes of other women. Cecile, I want to talk a little bit about your career first. You're an activist. You're a lifelong supporter of women in politics. You're the daughter of a legendary Texas governor, Ann Richards. You're the former CEO of Planned Parenthood. And now you're the founder of Supermajority, an organization that's really dedicated to helping women advance and make their voices known. You've made a career out of helping women get access to the resources that they need to move ahead. What fuel
2: is that in you so i grew up in texas where any anything that you wanted to do as a girl you kind of had to fight for, whether it was playing sports or taking classes that were only for boys. I mean, that was sort of the era. And my mother was um, always fighting against all the restrictions and and barriers that women had in place. And so I just feel like people, you know, sometimes people ask me like, why are women from Texas so tough? And my answer is like, well, that was our only option. (laughs) There wasn't really a lot of other choices. And so um, I've really been honored to my whole life get to work on issues of social justice, and particularly work in uh, in areas where we're trying to advance opportunities for women. And of course, a large part of that was the really the job of a lifetime, which was working for Planned Parenthood, which is, of course, how I uh, got to meet Kersha. So it's really exciting that our paths have crossed in a number of ways. And it's really awesome to get to be back together again.
0: Kersha, you are the president and the CEO of Planned Parenthood of Southwestern Ohio, and you've really made a career of advocating for women's reproductive rights and for their health. How did you first find that passion in yourself?
1: Yeah, so I am from a small town in Ohio called New Philadelphia, Ohio, and it's, you know, one that's known for high school football, cornfields. My little brother Jaden had two goats named Dodge and Skittle. So, it was your queen essential kind of small farm town and, you know, growing up in in that town, I knew that um, I, I wanted to do anything but uh, stay there for, for the rest of my life. And so I went to the University of Cincinnati, uh, where I actually started as a, as a patient of Planned Parenthood. Uh, at 19, I would walk over from the university's campus to get birth control uh, with me and and my friends. And it was in that moment when I would you know be walking past the protesters, and I would see people who were trying to restrict my as- access from just being able to get birth control. And it was in that moment that I knew that I, I really wanted to uh, ensure that people like me, uh, people like me in New Philadelphia, Ohio, and all across the country could continue to, to access uh, the, the, the basic health care that we need. So I, I started uh, volunteering for that same health center. And then I went to uh, t- take a, a, an internship in uh, Washington, D.C. at Planned Parenthood Federation of America, where I actually had the honor uh, and privilege of, of getting to, to meet and see Cecile in in her leadership. And that was really the, the start uh, and the reason that I continue to stay within this organization to ensure that all people can have access to, to, to health care.
0: What was that in that first sort of encounter where you met her that really resonated that sort of pushed you to keep going?
1: when I was in graduate school in St. Louis, um, I will never forget this. I was working inside one of our health centers when I was in grad school uh, at Washington University in St. Louis, and this huge pink bus uh, came to St. Louis because we were in the middle of, uh, I believe it was our first defunding fight in 2011, and uh, off this bus walks Cecile um, in her you know, high heels, her pink dress, uh, and I'm thinking, look, if this woman can come and galvanize a group of supporters in the the middle of st. Louis Missouri the energy that she was able to bring in this moment even in the face of adversity when we were facing uh, a p- possible defunding um, all across the country there was somebody who was giving us hope and inspiring us and it was Cecile that uh, wanted and, and continued to uh, to get me to, to to be galvanized and excited about this this movement
0: that's so powerful Cecile do you recall your first impression of
2: Kersha well I've the great thing about Kersha is, she, she, as you would know if you were getting to sit here with us in this podcast that you will never forget when you met meet Kersha. She has this sort of effervescence, this leadership. She makes you feel good about whatever it is you're doing. And so not only did I see her there in in Missouri, I remember that stop. That was, that was tough. I mean, as, as I'm sure many of the listeners know, if you're going to provide reproductive health care in a state, Missouri is one of the toughest places. And so I always felt like the resilience that you had and others had, there was so important. But then of course, Kersha, I mean, she is the she is the um, perfect example of like the great, the journey that many women take through Planned Parenthood as a patient, and then as an advocate, and as a student, and then of course, as an employee, and now as, as a president of a, of a really important uh, local Planned Parenthood. But when Kersha came to uh, Washington, she just sort of set the office on fire. And one of the things that I had been so interested in at Planned Parenthood is how do we transform this 100 year old institution from being, you know, the best healthcare provider, you know, respected for all of that. And, and also infuse it with this new energy of a whole new generation of young women and other people who just simply believe uh, that reproductive care was something that should be their right. And uh, I, I'll never forget, Kersha, when um, we were in, you know, we have many meetings at Planned Parenthood, as does any institution. I remember one particular meeting in Washington, D.C., where you know there's a lot there's always contentious things difficult things we were dealing with and a lot of times people who are um you know board members and other can kind of get focused on some of the things that really are not at the end of the day the most important and kersha was scheduled to speak to this august group of of planned Parenthood leaders and kersha just like blows onto the stage says, I'm Kersha and tells her story about being from Ohio, about going there, going to Planned Parenthood, and about what she was committed to do because we were just launching this major uh, organizing effort with young people. And to she totally transformed that room from being a bunch of people who were, you know, uh, I think we're very inward focused and easy to, you know, uh, worry about small things and said, okay, this is the woman that's going to lead this effort to organize millions of young people. And she went on and did it. And and I just remember that that meeting so clearly because Kersha completely changed the energy in the room. It was no longer about us and internal, it was about what was out there in the world and why we do this work. And that to me is why I'm so excited that you have this job now, that you're leading in Ohio, because to me, Kersha represents the very, very best of Planned Parenthood and of this movement.
0: That's so inspiring. Kersha, did you, in that moment, you know, maybe when you were in that meeting, maybe when you first met Cecile, when was the moment where you were like, I want to have a closer relationship with this person? I want this person to help me move along in my life, in my career. I want to learn from her. Was that something that like a formal thought that crossed your mind?
1: I mean, any time that I had an opportunity to be in front of Cecile and and to learn from her uh, was an opportunity that I wanted to have more of. Uh, it is a huge opportunity and, and really an honor to, to get to learn from someone who was leading not only a national organization and the largest reproductive health organization in the country, but has been doing this work for decades of organizing and advocacy and truly creating equity and justice uh, all across the country. Um, and it we had brought in hundreds of of teens, so we have a program at at Planned Parenthood, uh, a peer education program where young people are out, you know, educating other young people about sexual health and and reproductive health, and we had brought hundreds of teens into Washington, D.C. to both explore D.C. but also to really learn and grow from one another, and they were so excited to have Cecile come in, and we were kind of in this, you know, in the seedy basement um, (laughs) in a a hotel in in D.C., and Cecile just came in. And, and I think for, for young folks, when, again, we were in uh, a middle of a defunding fight, to kind of feel like, oh my goodness, I don't know if this is possible. Is, is Planned Parenthood going to continue to be here? Uh, is this organization that means so much to me going to continue to be here for me and, and, and my community? And Cecile came in and not only said, yes, we are going to be here for the next 100 years, but also said, you are the reason we're going to be here. But truly, in order for us to be here for the next 100 years, it was going to take everybody, including those Young people, and I think that that is exactly what Cecile does and and has done for this organization. Has been investing and in not only just you know speaking uh, about the uh, the ability of young people, but actually investing and in putting resources um, behind young people in order to make it possible. And I am a, I think I'm a, one of those examples of uh, her believing in me and continuing to push me uh, to to be better. And that is you know why and and how um, uh, I, I'm at, at in in my current role uh, as president. CEO of Planned Parenthood Southwest Ohio.
0: Can you talk a little bit more about that? Like how do you sort of like directly attribute that success and being in that role to your relationship with Cecile?
1: Before Cecile left, um, not that long ago, right? A year, year and a half? I think
2: we, I think we, I remember this so clearly, like we were in the Washington office and
1: you'd asked to meet with me and we it was a couple of years ago for yeah, sure, maybe a couple of years ago. So before Cecile left, I I said, you know, I not only have I learned so much from her, but I want to make sure that um, I know I'm going to see her again. But I absolutely want to make sure I can suck up as much uh, information from from her as possible. And I was really thinking about, you know, my own career. Right, I had been um, not only working hard on and building up the the youth organizing program and the, the muscle within the organization around young people uh, and communities of color, but I also wanted to. I was thinking about where do I go next? And so I sat down with Cecile and I asked her for a meeting and she of course um, said yes. And, you know, I sat down with her and asked her, you know, this is where I want to go. This is where I'm thinking of going. You know, I might want to be a CEO at one of our affiliates. You know, what do you think about that? Um, and, and and I think that the the thing I was kind of not necessarily shocked about, but I was so appreciative of was that there wasn't a definitive yes or a no, right? Like, yes, this is where you absolutely should go. But there were it was more of a conversation and questions. You know, what skills do you think that you have currently? Where are the areas that you want to grow? And then, you know, based off of the areas that I want to grow, here are the people that I think you could be meeting with to have a further conversation about, you know, your career trajectory. And actually, that's what I did. She gave me a list of people, other CEOs inside the Federation that I could be having a conversation with one of those people uh in the great state of ohio and that's what i did i reached out to that person and i think you know just just continuing to to stay close to cecile um and and continuing to to work with her and getting the encouragement from her to push me to know that it was possible as a young person and as actually one of the youngest ceos across the federation it was possible for me to to take on that challenge and for me to take on on this work and it was not only possible but it was important uh for, for, for the, the leadership of this organization uh, and the time that we're in for a young woman of color to, to take to take this role. I'm so glad you did, too. <laughs> I feel like it, because I think that's the other thing that's important about this
2: is the courage, Kersha, that you showed and that you continue to show in doing things that no one else has done, kind of going where no, no one else has been. And that is, I think, the way we have to all hold ourselves in this moment, because it's sort of a, an extraordinary time. And I think young women, young women of color are, you know, not only you, but obviously young women who are running for Congress, who no one ever no one ever asked them, no one ever told them it was their turn, are doing it anyway. And it is not only it's important in, in terms of changing the leadership in the country and our democracy, but it's also it shows to other young women what they can do. And so I just have to thank you for that.
0: Oh, it's so beautiful. Cecile, I'm curious. It sounds like... I, it, What you're talking about here is things that you've seen in Kersha that have really inspired you as well, which I think speaks to this idea that, you know, mentorship isn't a one way street. It sounds like Kersha has gotten so much out of this relationship, but I'm curious, what are the things that you have learned from her, from spending time with her, from talking to her, from seeing her work?
2: Well, I think one is this the whole idea. I think one thing I've really learned from Kersha is, uh, and, and, observed her in this role of just w- being willing to jump into things that were completely unformed. I mean, 99% of the things you did at Planned, <laughs> Planned Parenthood were things we had never tried before. And I think the important thing is that sometimes, you know, when you've been doing something in your career a long time, you can assume, okay, it only has to happen a certain way. This is, these are the rules. And I love the thing about, the thing I love about Kershaw, and what she's given me is she can actually teach me so much about organizing in these this day and time young people are different what they need is different what they want uh how they learn how they organize how they communicate and so I feel like she's given that back to me and maybe the the thing I could say the most uh, that is most remarkable I think about um our relationship is that when I did decide to leave Planned Parenthood and I left about a year ago I wanted to really start a brand new organization because I believe that this is this moment for women where women are just everywhere I went in the country, women are raising their hand and saying, I want to do more. I want to make more impact. Uh, And I thought, why at this point in my life am I starting something brand new? But I thought, okay, we're just going to do it. And of course, one of the first people I called was Kersha. And she was still working at Planned Parenthood, but I said, I need you on this team. And we started a year ago like two or three of us. And we just started going around the country and listening to women and which led to eventually the creation of supermajority. And, um, I will tell you that, that I don't know that we would have gotten here without Kersha because she had that. There was nothing that she was afraid of, even though it seemed like it could be impossible. Um, and here we are now with um, more than 160,000 members in a couple of months all over the country, young people, uh, we're coming back to Ohio, and so I just was saying to Kirsha, uh we have to, she's, we're have She's we gonna be a, doing a big bus tour, and believe me, Kirsha's gonna be right up there. <laughs> so I love that, I mean, I feel like now she's able to, she's kind of my mentor, if you will, and um, it's it's kind of a wonderful flip relationship.
0: It all comes full circle. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: Kersha, how did it feel or what went through your head when Cecile called you up and said, I have this idea <laughs> and here's what I want to do?
1: You know, I think one of the biggest things that Cecile has has taught me, um, both through her own leadership and the actions that, that, that I've seen her take, but also literally uh, has taught me is that when a door opens, you take it. And, um, you know, if, if there are opportunities uh, ahead of you or right in front of you, um, you know, take those opportunities and and try things on. I think that um, that has been one of the reasons that I've been able to move in, in my careers because, you know, I didn't say no all the time. Now, sometimes I can come back and, <laughs> and bite you. Um, but most of the time it is going to be uh, successful and most of the time it's going to open a door for something else. And I think that that is one of the, the biggest lessons that I've learned. And so when she called, um, there was no doubt in my mind, although it sounded wild and huge and incredible. Uh, I think the power of women is inevitable. We know, um, how strong women are and what we are capable of. And so there was no doubt in my mind that, um, something, you know, now super majority, um, wasn't possible. And so I couldn't say no, uh, I couldn't say no to, to Cecile, and I couldn't say no to the possibility of women really taking over and, and continuing to run this country. I think it's interesting, too, that um, I,
2: I assume anyone who listens to you on this podcast, or obviously if they were with you in person, just like can't escape like the, the joy that you bring to this work and that you bring as a leader. And to me, that is this interesting thing that's happening right now with women, this is unlike my mother's generation where I felt like it was, you know, there was one of everything. Like, like there was one woman governor. There was one woman, you know, that did this. There was, and now it's just you know, millions of women. And I do I love that about you, Kersha, that I feel like you so um so you take joy in the success of other people and of other women and of young people. And that to me is the spirit of all the work that we need to do going forward. And um, and it's hard sometimes these days. It's hard. Um I think people feel um, sometimes frightened, they feel alone, they feel isolated, and so I just love the thought of you in Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio, and these communities giving hope and and um, an and encouragement to a generation of, of young um, young people. Thank you. And frankly probably giving encouragement to a lot of older people in those, those communities who probably feel like they've been fighting these battles for women's health for a long, long time. And um, I think you have this spirit that it's like the cavalry has arrived, you know, I'm sure when you landed in Cincinnati, it was with um, that, just in it, it brought energy and, and does bring energy to people that need it right now
1: yeah and it, it's interesting because um yes when i when I landed I've been in the role now for six months and you know in my first, Two weeks, we've been defunded at the, the state level and now at the federal level. Um, and it, it, it's fascinating because even though we are in some of the hardest times inside this organization uh, in Southwest Ohio, there is a sense of resilience um, in in the organization from our supporters. Um, but also, I think that that is something that we've learned from you, Cecile, um, across the Federation of resilience. No matter how many times you know someone tries to step on you or push you back, whether that is uh, the federal government, or the state, um, or even the, the the president, that you get up and you continue to find a way to make sure that that women and people across this country can get the health care that they need um, to live their happiest and, and healthiest lives. So resilience is is definitely another lesson that I've I've learned from you.
2: Yeah. Well, um, you're you. I know you're going to need it, but you already had it. And uh, anyway, I'm so excited for you.
0: You know, listening to Cecile and Kirsha talk about their relationship makes me think back to when I was first starting my career. I was an assistant at a fashion magazine, and I was running around constantly, and so I needed products that kept me looking fresh, sleek, and professional all day. Which brings me to one of my go-to products these days, hairspray. So simple. Mentor Memos is made possible by our friends at Tresemme, and their compressed micro-mist hairspray is an absolute miracle. I'm not really sure how they did it, but the stuff feels super lightweight, while still giving you that necessary hold so you literally don't need to think about your hair for the rest of the day after you apply it. It feels really natural and it looks really natural. And it also comes in these smaller, sleeker bottles because they only use half as much of the gas as other hairsprays, while still packing the same amount of product, so it's super easy to carry around with you. You can shop the Tresemme Compressed Micro Mist Hairspray at tresemme.com. That's T-R-E-S-E-M-M-E.com. All All right. Now back to our conversation. Do you feel like an obligation of sorts to pay it forward, to mentor other women, both of you really, because you're at these amazing places in your career and you see the challenges facing women out there today? What sort of impetus do you feel to give them back in that way?
1: I absolutely do. I think that I am. I am here, obviously, because of hard work and, and dedication to equity and justice across this country. But I'm also here because of amazing both mentees as well as mentors who have helped me get into this role. And so I absolutely think that you know it is my responsibility as as someone who uh, is in a, in a leadership position to really be looking at other folks to figure out how do we bring them along. And 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 not only does that that help them, but it also helps me, right? It It helps um, advance uh, the mission of of Planned Parenthood. It helps advance the mission of creating equity and justice across the country and ensuring that that as many people as possible can get health care because representation matters. And that doesn't only just mean, you know, when people have particular jobs, but when folks come into Planned Parenthood and they see leaders that look like them, that makes them want to come back and ensure that they can, you know, continue to, to be healthy and happy in their own lives and in their own careers. And so I absolutely think it's an important that we continue to to look back and, and bring as many people along and up uh, exactly where we're at so that we can continue to grow and, and ensure that leadership across the country looks and feels like what we want it to and how we want it to look. Yeah, I was actually just thinking of, so we're obviously at very different times of our
2: lives and careers. And so for me, I mean, every investment that I can make in a young person is just is it's like exponential increase in our ability to to change the change the world in the ways that we think you know where it could be a fairer, more democratic, more uh, more just um, society. So for me, it's it's it feels less like an obligation and more just like a an opportunity. So I'll give you an example. I you know I've been traveling around the country a lot, and I remember last year I was I was speaking at a big event in New York City and one of the questions that came in from the audience, it was anonymous because they came in on cards, so I'm not sure who asked it, but it's a question that I get asked everywhere, which is, I i don't know how to get started. I don't know what to do. I want to change what's happening in the world. And again, this is where I feel like you must hear this too, Kersha. I feel like I hear that on the streetcar, or the subway, and you know, uh, every day. So I said... Um, like I said I don't know who asked this question, but uh, one of the most exciting things happening right now in this country is Stacey Abrams is running for governor of Georgia, and she's this dynamic, amazing leader. And so, uh, if I were at, sitting out in the audience, I would quit my job and I would go to go to Georgia and and work for Stacey because you'll learn so much and such an opportunity. So, literally a week later, I'm on an airplane and someone anonymously. T- writes onto my Instagram, messages me, and she says, I was sitting in the audience the other night in New York when you said that, and I just wanted you to know I have I quit my job, I'm moving to Atlanta to be Stacey Abrams Digital, a deputy digital director, and which I just, of course, loved. Um, but to me, it's also that a lot of times, I think what women are looking for in this moment is just um, an idea of how to get started. And sometimes you can't, so you can never... Um, Underestimate the value of just saying you can do it. Here's what you can do, um, and that's what I want to spend the rest of my life doing. Is just you know being a wayfinder and an encourager. As you know, which may not be a traditional mentor mentee relationship, but I think what women are just looking for is a way to get going, a way to get started.
0: Um, my last question to you before we move into the questions you you guys have for each other, it's about something that we hear so often from women in our community, which is. I want a mentor. I maybe even know who the right woman could be that I want to speak to, but there's fear in my heart that holds me back. I don't know how to approach this person. I don't know how to make a big ask or even a small ask. And I'm curious how you guys think about that, of squashing that fear and saying, I need help from this person or I want this person's insight and I'm going to say something. I'm going to make this ask
1: you know, my mom always taught me that if you don't ask, you don't get. (laughs) And so I think that it's important to, um, first of all, think about, you know, what are the goals? What are you trying to actually get out of this relationship? Um, what, you know, what do you want to learn from this particular person and invite that person to coffee, invite them for an informational one-on-one, um, just sit down with, with those folks and, and hear from them, you know, share, share with them, you know, where it is that you're trying to go and, and just ask them, you know, how, how How did you get to where you you are? Um, And, you know, what are the things that you think I can be working on? What are the strengths that I have? What are the opportunities that you think I I, I could have for for growth in this organization if you want to continue to grow inside the organization? So, you know, just taking that first step. And um, if you don't ask, there's definitely somebody else that probably is going to be asking those questions um, and and trying to get that person to to mentor them. I also think that sometimes we think about mentorship as this very formal, um, you know, kind of formal Normal thing that maybe is you know something that was a little bit uh, you know back in the day or old school, but now I think that you can find mentors in so many different spaces. You can find mentors on the internet. You can find mentors you know in person or at your you know current at your office. Um, there are so many different opportunities for you to have mentors uh, or even mentees, and I think that it's just a, a, a matter of being creative and thinking about what is your actual goal um, and where do you want to go and, and just being very clear with that person um, because they're also probably very busy, but being very clear with that person uh, as to you know what this will look like and and, and how you want to um, how, how you want them to invest in you and how you're going to invest in this relationship.
2: Yeah, I agree with everything you said. And I, of course, our mothers are our best teachers, right? Yeah. And my mom used to always say, um, because I too is I mean, I have terrible imposter syndrome. I almost didn't go to the interview at Planned Parenthood. I mean, I have a whole, <laughs> I wrote a whole chapter about this in my book, just because, you know, I didn't think I, I knew I didn't know how to already do all the things. And my mother used to always say, just think, what's the worst thing that could happen? And if you can kind of imagine that and get over it, then why not? Because I can tell you this, and it used to drive me crazy at Planned Parenthood. I had so many men ask me for college references, Mm. for letters of recommendation, and I—I mean, and most of them, I—you know—I barely knew them, but they had no compunction about asking me to do these things. Uh, So good on them. In fact, some of them were our peer educators at Planned Parenthood. But, I but I always felt like women did, did not do that. They never imagined then. So I used to go out of my way. If I would meet someone, I'd say, "Oh, you're going to college where you, you know, do you need a reference?" Because I do think sometimes women hold back and they're they're afraid of either whether it's we're a fear of rejection. We don't want to bother people. we want to take up their time. So all of those things, I think we just have to erase those because then what's the worst thing going happen? So like, say, "You know what, I really don't have time, and that's fine. Then you're going to find then you're going to find someone else. Um, I do think a couple of things you said, though, are really, really important, Kersha. I because I so clearly remember that time that we sat down, and you were really clear about what you wanted to do. And you said, I want to be a CEO of Planned Parenthood. And I wasn't sure that was the right job for you, mm-hmm. right? I said, I don't, you know, that might be, and but you might have to wait years and years and years for that kind of job to come up. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I know I remember encouraging you to just like look at any opportunity mm-hmm. because maybe sometimes you needed to go out the out of the organization to come back in. Of course, because you're perfect, the job, the perfect <laughs> oh, job <God. laughs> came up and you got it and it was all all great. But I do yes. think one of the things that is is um, helpful is yeah have an idea of what you actually how you think this person might be able to give give you guidance and and uh, advice um, and that'll teach you a lot too for your own self about what is it you're really really looking for. And I totally agree that mentorship, menteeship doesn't have to be a formal thing. It can just simply be, you know, what you said to me. Mm-hmm. I've been in this job for a while. I feel like I can do more. I want to explore my options, and here's some things I'm interested in. And that gave me some guidance to say, okay, let's talk about, yeah, the things you're good in, the things you want to learn, and I can maybe help think about what those what those opportunities would be. So you were the perfect You were just like a classic, (laughs) perfect, perfect um, mentorship meeting.
1: I also think that sometimes we think about um, it having a, you know, when you're a mentor or a mentee that you have to have that person for life. Right. Right. <laughs> and I think that um, while I hope, you know, Cecile, you are in my life forever. Um, I think that there can also be a time limit, right? Like you can have a mentor or um, be a mentee for two years or a year, maybe when you're in a particular job. Um, but it doesn't have to be, you know, something that you're you're doing for the, the entirety of your life. Um, and you might move on to somebody else um, and, and so I think, you know, especially for, for mentees or people who are out there seeking mentors, um, you know, there could be a, a finite time that you might be utilizing or working with that person and then you move on to somebody else and somebody else comes into your life as, as your mentor um, and maybe they stay on with you or, or maybe they don't. Yeah. And it's interesting, I think,
2: too, sometimes, uh, I mean, a lot of folks will say to me, I'm thinking I want to do this. I'm not sure. We'll have a conversation. And there may not be any obvious conclusion. But that person is now on my radar. Mm-hmm. That woman is now right. in my uh, like arsenal. When so someone calls me and says I'm looking for somebody who can do X, and like you know what I just yep. so I do think some of these things it doesn't always have to be the perfect thing at the perfect time, and you know it's almost incredible. And as I was thinking as you were talking, the number of young women I know who have worked with me in many, many different jobs and organizations. Because once you sort of build that relationship, you know, opportunities come up and, and that person is in your, it, it, they're in your community.
0: Now that you've heard a little bit about the amazing relationship between Cecile and Kersha here are a few questions that they had for each other.
2: Okay, Kersha at this point in your career, why do you think it's important that women have the right kind of mentorship and support Um especially since you've just taken on this big job?
1: (laughs) You know, it is – I I think of a mentor as somebody who can act as like – so many different. Uh, what's the little the Swiss Swiss knife? The thing that right you know, you Swiss be, Army knife. Yeah, Swiss Army knife. Uh, you can be so many different things. You know, I see a mentor as somebody who could be a coach, um, a cheerleader, can give you advice, can uh, encourage you to to take your next career move. Uh, there are so many different things that a mentor uh, can can be there for you. Um, and and so I think finding the right mentor is important because it allows you to make the right move. Right. It it allows you to actually meet your goals, whether that's inside your career or your own personal goals. Um, and so it's important to think about, you know, you want to surround yourself with people that, you know, you want to be or people that uh, inspire you or encourage you. I've been thinking about this, and it's a this is – so sometimes I think about why do women need
2: other women that are either mentors or supporters, or mentors, and that is because – and this is just based on many years in the workforce – is that things are going to happen to you, you're going to hit a block, and you're going to realize – oh, my God, the workplace, there are barriers for women that I didn't even imagine still existed in 2019. Mm -hmm. So this can be asking for a raise and realizing the system is actually, Mm. like, rigged against me. Or it can be... Wanting a promotion, but people, you can tell that the person who is actually making those decisions can't see a woman in that role. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or it can be the first time you get pregnant and realize you have no maternity benefits uh, and that somehow pregnancy is still being treated like it's a nuisance rather than something that happens to millions of American workers. And I do think it's important that women who have lived through this. Um, don't just say, yeah, that's how it goes, but actually say, you know what, this is what happened to me, this is what you can do, and this is how you can have other women support you in the workplace because I'm just telling you, as much as things have changed in the U.S., so many things have not changed, and I hear that every single day. So that's the kind of thing that's not so much about job skills Mm -hmm. or talents. It is literally about navigating you know, a workplace that, for the lo- for the most part, was built by men for men, and they still haven't quite adjusted. So, it's something I um, I, th- I see a lot. Yeah, but we're going to change that.
1: We are absolutely. <laughs> we, we already are, <laughs> uh, Cecile. What do you think makes for a successful mentor-mentee relationship? I mean, one I think is
2: just. um collegiality and just kind of getting along and liking each other and just saying, hey, this is a person who, this isn't like a job to be your mentor, but this is actually kind of a a relationship. And so I think approaching it in that way because again, the the ways that, that women can help each other, some of them are by literally like how do you navigate you know, this department? And some of it can be just how is it to be a woman in this field that we're working in? One of the things that still strikes me um, when I go, I've been on book tour, I've been doing convenings with women. There's just so many women who want to know that the things that they're experiencing in, in the workplace are not somehow unique to them, or they're not because they are failures or it's literally that in many cases these are experiences that women have had for centuries. I think the only other thing there's something else that you you had said earlier which I think is really important is I remember when you and I sat down you were really clear what you wanted to do right and not everyone is that clear but at least you had some ideas. You know, you wanted some management experience. Mm-hmm. You wanted to be able to, to have more leadership experience. Uh, you were interested in getting into a circumstance where you got out of just the advocacy world that you had really lived in. That was enormously helpful to me mm-hmm. because then I wasn't trying to put onto you my idea of what you should mm-hmm. do with your life. But it was helpful to me to say, okay – These are some paths that are going to make sense. So I don't want to intimidate people from asking for help from a mentor. But I think sometimes sitting back for a minute and saying, okay, what do I like to do that I want to do more of? What do I not know how to do that I want to learn more about? What are jobs that I see or women that I see in roles, or not just women, that I can imagine doing? Because then it's easier, I think, for a mentor to begin helping like put those those opportunities in place and, and, and clear the pathway. So I do think that's something that really can can help because um, the worst thing in these situations is someone just says, I don't know what to do with my life. And mm-hmm. you go, I don't know what I to don't. do either. <laughs> and then you're <laughs> kind of back at square one. <laughs> um, Kirsch, I mean, you've been a mentee, you've been a mentor. What do you think makes a good relationship? I
1: think, you know, somebody who is... There is a chemistry, right? There's, um, there's, there's a chemistry in, in, in a relationship and, you know, people, you like each other, <laughs> that, right. uh, I think is the the, the number one. Um, and that you're both, there's some type of investment. There is a commitment that has been made, um, whether it's a formal commitment or an informal commitment, but that there's something that doesn't have to be in writing, right? right. Um, and to your point, coming in prepared, I think, um, even if you can send right. things ahead of time to your mentor to say, hey, here's what I want to talk about. Talk to you about so that as a mentor, you can be thinking about what it is, you know, what it is that this person wants to, to have a conversation with me about, but... I think that you know preparedness, um, but also just that that chemistry is really important for uh, for right. people to have good relationships. <laughs> I was thinking about too. I hope this is okay to just to, to say this, but I remember when you came and
2: met with me when you were saying, you know, these are the things I'm kind of looking at. I want to think about in my life. But you know, Latasha and I just bought this great house. We have this great community. <laughs> we love where we you know we love our friends, and I just cut you down and said, never let a piece of real estate dictate the opportunities for your life, which is was completely unsolicited. But because I felt like we were friends, I could say, girlfriend, that is not the reason to make a decision about your profession, yep. um, even though I know it's still a big ad- ad- adjustment. Um, but I learned that the hard way. So anyway, I'm just thinking it was kind of a funny moment.
1: And look, I sold our house in D.C. and here we are. There we go. Exactly. <laughs> living
2: in beautiful Cincinnati. So, beautiful you know, Cincinnati. it all worked out.
1: Cecile, if you could give one bit of advice to other women out there as they try to move forward with their careers and personal goals, what would you give? I think the single most important piece of advice that I give
2: every woman right now is start before you're ready and don't wait to be asked. Mm -hmm. I think we think sometimes as women, if we work really hard and we do all the right things and we're, um, you know check all the boxes that someone's going to tap us on the shoulder and say you you know what it's really time for you 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 should run for congress or you should apply for this ceo job and if we wait for that moment to happen life is going to pass us by and so i just encourage women and again again it it goes back to the to the same i guess advice of my mother, which is, you know, this is the only life you have. And think about what's the worst thing could happen if you try for something. Look at all these young women who ran for Congress and didn't make it. You know what? They're going to run again, or they'll do something different. Life didn't end. And I do think it's important for young women in particular to take this moment and recast what they think is possible for them. Because that is how That's how representation changes, as you said earlier, in such an important way. That's how our government changes. That's how our democracy is really more truly a representative democracy. What's the one piece of advice you would give um, to other women out there right now as they're thinking about what to do with their life, how to find the next opportunity?
1: Say yes. (laughs) Say yes. Perfect. You know, I think, and Cecile, you've actually taught me this, that, you know, if a door shuts— you open the next door if that door shut you Cut a hole in the door and figure out how to get through. But that no matter what, um, when opportunities present themselves, that you say yes. And I think that if, if folks, more people can can say yes, especially women, women of color, young people, um, when opportunities present themselves and push yourself, even when you think, hey, I might not have all the skills, I might not be smart enough, I might not be old enough or wise enough, whatever it is that that, that little voice in the back of your head uh, is constantly telling you, you've got to say yes, just step up. Up and do it. I know there's a lot, been a lot written about the shine
2: theory, and I do believe that every bit of um, support, encouragement um, we give to each other um, and to and to women, it all comes back in such a beautiful way. And I do think as we all can begin to you know take joy in the success of other women and feel like we were even some small part of that it's a very that's it's contagious um in all the right ways and so just like me getting to sit here with you and think Kirsha Dyball, CEO <laughs> of Planned Parenthood in, in, in Ohio, it's um, it, it's what keeps me going too. And so I just I th- I think one of the things we underestimate is the role that we can play, um, not even only in the the mentor mentee relationship, but in the the way that we we can absolutely. encourage other women in our world, um, in our community, because that that's all going to be paid back uh, in a huge way.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Cecile, Kirsha, this has been phenomenal. I feel so inspired having been a fly on the wall for this amazing conversation. In closing, I think what I'd love to hear is just how do you think about the nature of your relationship? How do you sum up how it feels to you to have this special relationship where you're able to really nurture each other and guide each other forward?
1: Yeah, so first of all, I just want to thank Cecile for for um being, I think, a partner, um, a mentor, a coach, and really just an inspiration to to me um, over really the last decade, and I think that you know this uh, a mentorship like Cecile, is is so important because not only um, are you out there leading and have been leading many, many organizations uh, in your career, um, but she's also been leading young people and young people of color like myself to know and to think that we can do it too. Um, and so this has really been remarkable, a, a remarkable journey that I'm excited to be on currently, but I'm just excited about the future that uh, we have together and excited about the future of supermajority. As well.
2: Okay, I'm just completely blushing here. I'm almost turning the orange. This Kirsch is wearing this beautiful, bright red dress, and I feel like that's the color that I I've turned right now. Just so I, I guess I'd say, um, I mean, I consider you a friend, a, a thought partner, an inspiration, um, a great leader, organizer, and. I mean, it's interesting, I think, for women like myself who've been in this field of of women's rights and social justice for a long, long time, we need to believe there is going to be a future that's different than the world that we inherited and grew up in. And so to me, I guess in my mind's eye, that's what you are, Kersha. You're the the world as I'd like to see it. And you're uh, the leader that um, I feel like inspires me to believe that things can be different for another generation. and so I don't want to put a heavy burden on you <laughs> but I feel like um, your success and your leadership just to me um, demonstrates and, and every day just sort of um, shows that the world can um, the world can be led by a whole new generation of people who come from different backgrounds, different um, ideologies, different experiences, and it's gonna make all of our lives that much richer.
1: Yeah.
2: Thank you both.
0: Thank you for joining us for our very first episode of Mentor Memos, presented by Girl Boss Radio in partnership with Tresemme. I'm so happy you were able to join us for this conversation between Cecile Richards and Kersha Diebel. If you've been following girl boss for a while then you know how important it is for us to provide women with the resources that they need to own their futures and that's why it made so much sense for us to partner with tresemme to bring you mentor memos the podcast like girl boss tresemme believes that women should be equally represented at all levels of society and finding and nurturing a support system can help us get there we hope that in listening to mentor memos you're learning a little bit more about how you can go about establishing your own powerful mentor relationship. If you like what we're doing on the show, be sure to tune in to the next episode to hear more incredible stories of mentorship. And of course, be sure to rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe so you don't miss out on any episodes. And while you're at it, share the episode with your friends.
2: That's it for now. Talk soon.